This is Novel Marketing. I'm James L. Rubart. I'm Thomas Umstadt, Jr. And this is the show for novelists who want to become best-selling authors. And this week, we're going to talk about how to grow your email list from 0 to 10,000 subscribers. So That's even better than 0 to 60. <laughs> that's right. Now, these <laughs> techniques you can use to grow above 10,000. But in my experience, if you can convert 10 to 20% of your list, if you're able to have a 10,000 subscriber email list, that means you're able to sell 1,000 to 3,000 copies of every book that you come out with, which if you're independently published is a pretty significant amount of money. And depending on your frequency of books, that may be enough to live on even. So we're talking about how to find your 10,000 fans. And uh, before we talk about how to do this, I should mention we have some other really great episodes on how to have good email newsletters. So right now we're going to be talking about how to build your list. But you uh, should check out episode 57, which is what to include in an author newsletter. Episode 62, which is how to avoid the spam filter. And episode 65, which is uh, tips for effective email newsletters. So newsletters that actually work. And Jim, where can I find these episodes? You can find these episodes a number of different places. If you go to novelmarketing.com, that's a safe place to start. Also, if you're familiar with a company called Apple um, and iTunes, that also They're a fruit is a company, right? <laughs> they are fruit, yes. And, and uh, these episodes are free, so we encourage you to listen to them. I know you're tempted, if, especially if you're listening in the future. This is the only episode you want to listen to. You want to listen about how to grow your list. But if you're... Uh, list is not, uh, or if your email newsletter is not quality, then it really doesn't matter how big your list is. Which brings us to our public service announcement. Public service announcement. Jim? <laughs> this is free. Avoid me mail. Again, our recommendation is to avoid me mail. Spam is in the eye of the beholder. So, what is me mail? Me mail oh, is. Is that a rhetorical? <laughs> So me mail, this is a term for that Rob Eager coined that I really like. Me mail is email that's all about me or uh, all about you if you're the one creating the email. And I hate to break it to you, but people don't care about you. They care about them. And so you need to be writing about your readers and things that are interesting to your readers. If you can't do that, then none of the things we're going to talk about in the rest of this email or in the rest of this episode about email will do you any good. So uh, you have to create an email newsletter worth subscribing to. And this time of the year, Thomas and I, and probably you as well, are getting a lot of uh, newsletters talking about Christmas. And what I've seen from a lot of authors is the authors are talking about their Christmas. Well, guess what? Uh, readers don't care about your Christmas or my Christmas. They care about their Christmas. So there's an example. If you haven't sent out your Christmas newsletter yet, figure out a way to make it about their Christmas. That's right. Or, or maybe just say, hey, Merry Christmas. Here's a 10% discount <laughs> or something. You know, Leave it at give, that. Yeah. Give them a gift. Yeah, don't be like, oh, and here's photos of my kids and snow with the snowman. They don't care. And, and I know a lot of people are writers because they want to become celebrities, but it, that's not how it works. You, you have to create something worth reading before you can become a celebrity. You can't get the cart before the horse. All right. So without any further ado, tip number one for growing your email list from zero to 10,000 is to offer a carrot, which, what on earth? How does carrot, what do carrots have? First, we were talking about apple. Now we're talking about carrots. What, what's up with all this produce? <laughs> Good eyesight, right? Yeah. So a carrot is some sort of prize. The, the metaphor here is a carrot dangling from a stick you hold in front of a donkey. So there's, um, 
and it's in front of the donkey and the donkey's trying to bite the carrot and it pulls the donkey forward. So the other way to motivate a donkey in the metaphor is to hit it with the stick, but to lure it with the carrot is much more effective. And so generally speaking, you want to have some immediate prize, immediate gratification that someone gets once they subscribe to your email list. So there's a benefit in getting the email list. I want to get the future emails when I subscribe to your list, but I also want to get something right now that incentivizes me to not procrastinate getting onto your list. So, Jim, what are some ideas of good carrots that people could offer? A lot of carrots are things you already have that you don't have to necessarily go out and create. For example, you might have a number of short stories that you've written over the years. And so something as simple as a short story, they subscribe you give them a short story. Another thing you can give them is tips or a guide. You can give them even a free book, you know, where you go all the way and give them a free book, which is really easy to do if you're an indie author and have written a book maybe two, three years ago that you want to use as, as an incentive to get them to sign up immediately. Another thing you can give them is an audiobook uh, recording. Uh, so, what you want is something that you can give away in an automated fashion. So what you don't want to offer is like, sign up to my email newsletter and I'll answer your question or I'll, I will write you a thank you note because that means you have to do work for each person that subscribes. But it's very easy in the thank you for subscribing to my email newsletter email that they get through MailChimp or whatever service you use for there to be a link to your audiobook. So while it may have been a lot of effort to create the audiobook in the first place, it's very easy to give it for free to everyone who uh, joins your email list. Another thing is a discussion guide if your book lends itself to that. Um, and discussion guides and like tips, th- those sorts of things lend themselves perhaps more to nonfiction than for fiction. But we know you've, you nonfiction folks illegally download this podcast. No, that's no, not illegal. But, uh, we'll, we'll throw <laughs> you all days, some tips we, every once these, in a while. Yeah. And these days, Thomas, with book clubs, um, most all of the books, all of my novels, eight novels so far, my publisher has every time asked for questions in the back of the book because book clubs are a big deal. And if you make a book club, make it easy for a book club to discuss your book, all the better. So if you provide a discussion guide and you can do this for each of your books, that's another great incentive. And then finally, one of the things I like to do is I like to put out what I call an Easter egg guide. I love Easter eggs in movies and books, and so I put a lot of Easter eggs in my own, things that you would only go, aha, if I told you about it or told you to look for it. Now, close friends and family will see a lot of the Easter eggs because they know me so well, but it's fun for me to put together a trivia guide, or you could call it an Easter egg guide, that points out things in the novel that are really fun that you wouldn't know otherwise. So... The reason why this is the number one tip is that this, if you have a good carrot, it will make all of the other uh, tips or most of the other tips are about to share with you easier or more effective. So uh, the better the carrot is, the incentive that you give people to subscribe, the more effective these other tips are. Speaking of the other tips, the number two tip we have for growing your email list from zero to 10,000 is to host a viral contest uh, and promote it via social media. So we did this recently with... uh, Enclave Publishing and had just a huge success. It went viral. It was shared thousands, if not tens of thousands of times on Facebook and Twitter. And how it worked was we gave away an ebook copy of every single one of our books. It was the entire library of Christian science fiction and fantasy books. So it was like 50 plus books. So we pitched it as a year's worth of sci-fi and fantasy if you read a book a week. 
And the reason we gave that away instead of like an iPad or, you know, something that has a broader appeal is that we're trying to grow our list of fans of our kind of fiction. And if we gave away an iPad or Kindle, we're getting fans of iPads and Kindles instead of fans of our specific niche, our specific genre. So the key here, the another key with this kind of contest is that people need to be rewarded for sharing the contest on social media. So the way we hosted it, when you filled out your information, you put in your name and email address, you got one entry into the contest. But for every friend that you got to enter the contest, you got five additional entries. And so we had people who went crazy because they really wanted to win those books. And so they would get 10, 20, 30 friends to fill out the form um, because they really, really wanted to win it. And so, and then those friends joined and then they got their friends and we didn't really have to spend a lot of money promoting it because the prize was so cool. It spread on its own and we grew our list by a huge bump. In fact, I think it was the number one or number two single most effective event we've ever done growing the list. And, uh, the tool that we used was a paid tool. It's a plugin for WordPress called King Sumo. uh, And it's by the folks at AppSumo, who I'm a big fan of, they do really quality work. We'll recommend another one of their plugins later. This is not a paid uh, sponsorship, uh, although I probably should contact. I always need to contact these folks before we recommend. So we'll give us a little <laughs> That's right. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> not I, after. I, yeah, because it's no good after. But uh, I use and recommend and like King Sumo. And the other thing I really like about it is that you only pay for it one time. So some of these contest um, tools that you find are like $20 a month. And that doesn't really make sense if you're only doing one or two contests a year. But King Sumo, you just buy it and you install it on your WordPress website, which is another reason why you want to have a WordPress website. It can save you money on these sorts of things in the future. All right. Hey, before we jump to the next point, Thomas, I want to uh, stop for just a second and reiterate what you said about do not give away the Kindle, don't give away the big screen TV, because truly these are the type of people who will sign up for your newsletter because they want a shot at winning that Kindle. And then a week after the contest, they will unsubscribe from your newsletter. So you think, wow, I'm going to give something really big away, really a good incentive. Yes, it might be great for signups, but it will not be good for retention. Or even worse, they don't unsubscribe and you have to pay for them. Because like MailChimp and Constant Contact, all of those services charge you based off of your number of subscribers. And you don't want a big list just for the sake of having a big list because that's more money you have to pay every month. You want a big list of people who are looking, who will open the emails, read the emails and buy your book with that you talk about in your email or whatever it is you're recommending. So yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't agree with you more, Jim. We should do a, we should do a podcast together. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Maybe someday. (laughs) Yeah, someday. Okay. Tip number three is to host a webinar and promote it on social media. So a webinar or some sort of other online event. So for uh, fiction, you may have an online launch party, but the key here is to do it in a software where people have to register and give you their email address to register. This is the number one way we've grown the author media, at least originally, how we grew the author media newsletters, that we would host training webinars and um, we would, you know, people would register, it would be a free webinar and we'd have a hundred people or several hundred people sign up. And if you can do one with somebody else who's a celebrity in your field, which we've done several times, then you're able to get their fans to come. And you may be thinking, come on, this is the Novel Marketing Podcast. Give me tips that we can use for fiction. You can totally use this for fiction. So for instance, um, at Enclave Publishing, we're sci-fi and fantasy. We hosted a a webinar uh, that was a speculation webinar as to the plot of Star Wars. So 
we kind of hijacked all the hype that was going on with Star Wars. And we brought in some Star Wars experts. And people had so much fun talking about Star Wars. And we, we solicited the expectations. We broke down the trailer, you know, scene for scene, trying to figure out, <laughs> do we think Luke Skywalker is going to be evil or not? And by the way, we're recording this like two days before this, the movie comes out. So I like can't wait. And I'm like going crazy. I've got midnight showing or almost midnight showing tickets. Anyway, Star Wars is going to be awesome, I hope. Oh. Please don't ruin it. Anyway, but we we were leveraging all of that energy and all of that anticipation. And there's lots of ways for fiction for you to do these sorts of tie-ins. Maybe you have a book launch event uh, or some sort of other, where you, like a Q&A webinar where you take questions from your readers or or you're doing a combination with another author who uh, writes a similar kind of fiction. And the nice thing is, is that even people who don't come to the webinar, because in my experience, only about 10 to 20% of people who register for a webinar attend the webinar. 100% of them have to give you their email address to register, and that's goes straight to your list. And um, they want you to email them afterwards, if nothing else, than to send them a recording of the webinar they missed because they were busy or what have you. Next tip is simplify your sign-up form. I had a client years ago in the Seattle area called Futon123, and they had simplified the process buying a futon to three easy steps. Now, going in and buying a mattress or a futon can be pretty complex. And they had figured out, let's make it easy for people. So the same thing applies here. Because you're too close to the forest, you you know, you know don't see the trees. In other words, or you're so close to the trees, you don't see the forest. Sorry, backwards. Reverse that. Strike that. Uh, Willy Wonka reference. Anybody get that? All right. I digress too much. Cricket sound then- right here. <laughs> <laughs> Cricket sound, yeah. Thomas goes, Willy Wonka? You mean with Johnny Depp? No, there was one before that. Um, (laughs) But the point is, your newsletter seems simple to you to sign up for, but to somebody else coming in, it isn't necessarily simple. And I'm not insulting anybody when I say, because I deal with this myself, Thomas deals with this, but make it the third grade level. Make it extremely easy for people to sign up for your newsletter. There's really solid science behind this, that every field you add to a sign-up form reduces the number of people who fill it out. And so don't ask people for their name to join your newsletter. Most of you will never use people's names. You won't use the mail merge feature in MailChimp. And so all the name field does is reduce the number of people who sign up for your email list. It does you no benefit. And I've seen some authors will have zip code or address and, you know, I don't trust you enough to give you my address or my telephone number. Telephone number is the worst, by the way. <laughs> any any field with telephone number as an option gets almost no subscribes. And you don't want that, but sometimes the tool you're using will add that automatically. So um, now if you are using name, where every time you send out an email, it's like, dear John, I want to tell you blah, blah, blah. Then yeah, maybe you include name, but I wouldn't only ask for the first name. I wouldn't ask for the last name because you don't need the last name. So less is more good design is not adding until you can add no more it's subtracting until you can subtract no more the next idea is to collect email addresses at offline events we think everything happens virtually but if somebody has met you in person and like likes you the likelihood of them signing up for your email uh newsletter if you ask goes up exponentially. So, Thomas, here's a question when people sign up, and and I have a way I do it at events. I make it very easy for people to sign up. All I ask for is their email address because that's all I need. But, But, Thomas, walk people through who are not experienced doing this. How do they then, you've got this list, you come back from a conference or an offline event, you've got this list of email addresses. How do you put that into MailChimp? 
How does that work for folks? So there's several ways to do it. One, the easiest way for you is to collect uh, email addresses at an offline event by having people fill it out online. So most people have smartphones now. So you just, if you're giving a speech, you'd be like, everybody pull out your smartphones, hold it up. So everybody pulls out their smartphones. Chances are they're already holding it in their lap, so it won't take very long. And then you'd be like, okay, now everyone go to jameslrubart.com, you know, and you can <laughs> fill out, and you basically walk them through the steps, and you give them the opportunity to fill it out online. The benefit there is there's some, uh, if you do it this way, it reduces your likelihood of going to spam, and it keeps you from having to type up a bunch of mm. names later. Now, MailChimp does allow you to type in names that you've... Uh, received in an offline way if it, you've received them in an offline way in a legitimate way. So somebody handing you their business card is not the same as someone giving you permission to put them on your email list. They need to fill out a piece of paper that makes it very clear what they're signing yes. up for. So uh, this could be a big sheet of paper where at the top it says, you know, James L. Rubart email list, and then you write emails, which a uh, tip, by the way, always put your email address first. No one wants to be the first person to fill out a list, but if they see that there's one other name, it makes it a lot easier for number two, and then it'll fill up. Uh, there's some social science as to why that is. So put a John Doe at the top or something. Um, what I do, though, we have these really cool cards we developed, and I'll see if I can put a photo of one or a video of one in the show notes for this episode at novelmarketing.com slash 72 for episode 72. Um, it's a glossy, like um, it's like a large card, and it's got, you know, generic, here's how to find me on Facebook, here's my website, you know, short bio. But on the back, it's matte, where you can write on it with a pen, and it's like a thick cardstock. And then it says notes, and it's for taking notes for one of my talks. And then at the bottom, if any of you have heard me speak, you've probably seen one of these cards. And then at the bottom, it's perforated. And it has name and email address. And what we'll do is we'll have a giveaway, either for a free book or for some other you know thing. And people will tear off the cards to enter the list. It's very clear that they're entering the list. And then we'll have a hat, and I'll draw at the end of my talk, and somebody will get a card. And I found that this approach has doubled or tripled uh, the number of the percentage of people in an audience that will uh, join the list. Um, so the clipboard process is awkward. That's kind of the last resort. And then the downside of either of these paper approaches is that somebody, which is probably going to be you, unless you have a staff, have to type up each email address and interpret each character. Because if you get a single <laughs> right. character wrong and a single email address, that email address will fail and it will bounce and it looks bad. And so I am really bad at interpreting people's handwriting. And so I, I um, have people who type them up for me. But just take that in mind that if, if you're going to collect offline, which can be a really effective way to get and grow your email list, and it should be a part of your overall growth strategy, but it is more work per email address. And the open rate typically is lower than if you collect it online. The next idea is make sure you have a very clear, very prominent privacy policy near your sign-up form. Now, what we mean by this is something that says, I will never, ever sell your name to any other list. You're just making it clear that this is private. It's only for you to email them. And the reason it's important to make this prominent is because so many people do it these days that if you don't do it, or you make it hard to find, people are going to assume that, oh my gosh, maybe my my email list is going to, my name is going to be sold, and that's a that's an automatic, I'm not signing up for your list. That's right. And, uh, just know that this is legally binding. So if you put a privacy policy, if I will not share or sell your email address, and then you do, 
they can sue you and win. So um, this is when you see this on somebody's website, this is not a trivial thing. Now, that said, just because it's legally binding doesn't mean you can't have fun with it. So if you go to Enclave Publishing, our privacy policy right now, right underneath get free ebooks. So the um, the carrot we offer at Enclave Publishing is our most popular book that we've ever done. It's our number one book, and we offer it for free. Uh, and it's been very effective at growing our list. And it's the first of a series, and this book, I will warn you, is like crack. Uh, people who buy this book uh, or read this book for free find themselves buying books two and, and three. But here's what the privacy policy says. We respect your privacy. We will not share your email with spammers, evil robots, or hungry trolls. <laughs> so we branded a little bit with the uh, with the brand of the company. So you don't have to make it boring. You can flavor it a little bit to meet your brand if you'd like to. Let's state that a different way. It's not that you don't have to make it boring. You have to make it entertaining. Let's say that, <laughs> right? Because we are writers. Let's use that skill to make every, even the tiniest interaction with us. Let's make it stand out. All right. I, I give this next tip with fear and trembling, uh, but... I give it knowing that it is an incredibly effective way to grow your email list. In fact, when we did this at Author Media, we saw the growth rate of our email of our list grow by about 500%. So we were no, not about 300%. So we went from you know five to ten new email emails a month to 30 to 60 new emails a month with integrating a non-evil pop-up. So let me explain what I mean by non-evil pop-up. A non-evil pop-up is a pop-up that only pops for your big fans. It doesn't pop for everyone. So uh, the way we have our setup on Author Media is that it pops on your second page you visit and only after you've been reading that page for 60 seconds. So this is for like people who are really enjoying the content and it says, do you enjoy what you're reading? Subscribe to get new updates for free and you get this free carrot. And it's, we tested a couple different ways of wording it. And I have seen this and tested this over and over again. And when you do it in a non-evil way, which means delayed, gated. Oh, and the other thing is that when someone says, no, I don't want it, it doesn't show it to them again for 60 days. So when they visit your website again, it's got to be two months. Uh, and you can set what those, so you can measure, you can control the level of evilness. So you can say it won't show up again for another year or whatever. That's up to you. Um, but this really does work. And of the authors I know who've gotten to 10,000 um, email addresses, I don't know very many who've done it without having a pop-up of some form. Now, what you don't want is a pop-up that pops. Here's, here's how to have an evil pop-up. It pops every time, and it pops right away. That is like the worst, so don't do that because that's really annoying. So if somebody spends a lot of time on your website and they've already subscribed, they shouldn't be seeing the pop-up. But um, And it should pop up within the page. So uh, the, the one that I recommend, and this is free. It's uh, by AppSumo. It's another AppSumo plugin. It's called SumoMe, and it kind of pops. They have several different ones, but it pops in the corner of the page. They can still read the page. It's not intrusive, but we have had very good results with this uh, tool uh, where we've used it. And um, I would encourage you to experiment with uh, using a non-evil pop-up like SumoMe or Pippity. Although Pippity costs, I think, uh, quite a bit of money. SumoMe is cheap, though, so cheap as in free. So it's a good, it's a good price. <laughs> That's a good price. Next tip would be to install my book Progress, and we are in luck because today we have an expert <laughs> on my book Progress in the studio. So we, you've heard us talk about my book Progress before, but one of the biggest benefits of subscribing to your email list is being notified of when your new books 
come out. And the kind of people who are most interested in that particular benefit of your book are the people who are visiting your website to see what the status of your book is, of your next book. And for most author websites, there's very little, if any, information about upcoming books other than perhaps a title and a cover. And so with My Book Progress, you can show people in real time what your progress is on your book. And it's got this really great subscribe tool that's built in that allows your true fans to very quickly and easily subscribe to your list to get book updates. Now, this is a non-carrot strategy, so you don't have to create a carrot to use My Book Progress because the carrot is finding out when the book comes out. This is for your true fans. My Book Progress is designed to get you the very most important kind of fan for your email list. And so far, uh, we've been getting really great feedback uh, from our users. And people are really enjoying using it, and it's, it's helping folks grow their email list uh, on their website automatically. Final tip would be how you answer the question, how can people stay in touch with you? Right now I'm doing a lot of radio interviews for my book, which just came out the five times I met myself. And at the end of the interview, the host will typically ask, well, James, how can people with you. I used to say is, well, Facebook's a great place, and I'd say go to my website. Now I specifically say go to my website and sign up for my newsletter. That's the best way to stay in touch with me. And I'm simply describing a call to action that I want them to take. And not everybody will, but at least I've planted that idea in their mind. Why not just tell them to go to Facebook or Twitter? Why, why tell them to join your email list, Jim? Because the email list is the invitation to the party. In my opinion, Facebook and Twitter, that's the party. It's called social media for a reason. Really, that's where you interact with people at the party. People who already know about you and like you and want to hang out with you. You need to figure out a way to get an invitation list. And that is your invitation list, is your newsletter. Plus, sorry to say this, but I'm a believer that someday... Facebook will go the way of MySpace. It, it's just bound to happen. It's not going to happen, Jim. Eventually, you get a mature player, and they last for generations. All right. Well, let me let me put it this way, Thomas. Someday, uh, your posts are going to reach less and less people than they used to. Well, that's Wait a, a minute. That's already yeah, happened. That, that, so that a reason I would agree with. So uh, the reality is if you have 1,000 people that uh, like your page on Facebook, only about 50 of them will see any given post. Uh, 200 to uh, 50 is very little. But if you send an email to 1,000 people, 1,000 people get your email. Now, maybe they don't all open it, but it's not uncommon for 20, 30, 40% of people to open your email depending on the quality of your list. And so, and people are more likely to buy from that list. And by more likely, I mean 10 times more likely. So right. I would much rather have 100 people on my email list than 1,000 people uh, liking my page on Facebook. In fact, I would probably rather have 100 people on my email list than perhaps 5,000 people liking my page on Facebook. Facebook just doesn't convert nearly as well as email. It's not. Facebook is the party. It's the it's 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 the Christmas party. It's not standing Amazon ready to buy something or Best Buy or Costco ready to buy something. So keep that in mind. People will buy. They're used to buying from emails. They are not used to buying from social media. That's right. All right. This episode of Novel Marketing is brought to you by My Book Progress, which we've already talked to you about. Now, you can get My Book Progress for free. There's a free version that comes with almost all the features, including the email subscribe feature. So you can check it out, install it, see if you like it. 
uh, all without paying any money, and it's free forever. It's not like a 30-day trial. You'll always be able to use the base version of MyBook Progress for free. But if you decide you want some of the pro features, we have a coupon code to give you 10% off, and that coupon code is Novel Marketing, all one word. So you just put on Novel Marketing in checkout to get 10% off MyBook Progress. You can find out more at mybookprogress.com. And remember, the the way you can can help us if you like the podcast is just tell a friend tell somebody else about it just email them put it on social media just say hey this is a great podcast you should listen and if you do that if you do that i promise that careful I now will, no I, yeah <laughs> boy this is recorded isn't it <laughs> this is not live the, the key to business uh, i was told was to under promise and over deliver so don't promise to be naming any fictional cats we already had problems about that before <laughs> Okay, uh, I, I promise that Thomas, if he ever gets married hey, and has a child, hey. he will name his child after you. <laughs> no, in all seriousness, though, we really do appreciate when you leave us a review on iTunes or tell your friends about it. Uh, you know, Email your uh, critique group about novel marketing. That's how we grow. Uh, this has been the Novel Marketing Podcast, giving you novel ideas on how to promote yourself and your writing offline, online, and everywhere in between. Thanks for listening.